Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Thursday morning, earliest we've ever potted. There's one day off, not even a day off. There's fucking a little bit of time off. Friday match tomorrow. What's happening? Yeah, Thursday, 7 a.m. pod for me here in LA. Feeling uh, very well rested, refreshed, and ready to talk about some. Uh, 7 a.m. pod is sort of crazy. Oh, come on, it's great. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, so, how'd you do this week? On We were both on free hit. So I finished on 93. I feel pretty good about it. I'm up 55K. My overall rank is still awful, but it's the highest it's been since game week 25, so that feels pretty good. Um, I mean, overall, I was mostly happy with my free hit. I mean, I took a lot of risks. I think people were like very surprised by my team when we put out lambs. Um you know, no Manchester United, no Hazard, no Pogba, you know, like a, a bunch of different things that that were quote-unquote controversial, kind of put my cock out on the table. But a lot of them, majority of them came through. I mean, so mostly happy, good green. There were a lot of like stupid-ass double game week things that happened, but, you know, that that's just what happens in double game weeks every every fucking year. Um, the, the one, if I had to pick out one thing that was like, I'm least happy with my decision of taking that player is definitely Higuain. I kind of feel the same way that you did about taking Frazier in, in the, what was that game week 31 blank game week. Like I just don't know what I was doing taking Higuain. Like he's looked so bad. He's been so bad. He's a fat piece of Argentinian shit and I just couldn't find anyone else that I wanted so I was like fuck it I'll just go with him and spend my money but you know I, that could have been just a- get Hazard yeah uh, well that's a, that's like a mill more and I don't think I could have gotten there easily Okay, but there were other guys that I was looking at I mean I could have gone Son I could have if Wolf was fit I could have gone there I could have gone like you know, whatever other guys, but most of the other guys blanked anyway, so I'm not like that bad. But you know, I'm pretty good at these kind of weeks, free hit weeks, double game weeks, consistently good over my FPL career. So I just need to figure out how to get the rest of FPL right, and then I'll be okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's kind of most topical, maybe less like looking at the individual players, but like we have one more pretty big double game week coming up in 35. Do you have, I mean, we both went five at the back. Um, I got 92 points. We basically finished on the same points, you know, yeah. whatever, things like that. But is there anything, you know, takeaway that you're going to make sure you remember for next double game week and stuff like that? Well, so, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I definitely loved the five at the back and you know while for me at least Rudiger is the one guy who who only played one match out of my five defenders and goalkeeper but so many attackers were rotated pretty much the the large majority of attackers that 
that most free hit teams had, I would say, or or where they overlapped at least, like the City guys and Hazard, et cetera, did not play 180 minutes and didn't outscore the top defenders anyway. You know, and I had Laporte, Aspilicueta, Tompkins, Trippier. Like, that's so many fucking points. Even though Tompkins, Tripp only got one clean each, they still played both. Um, I just think my lesson learned is, like, the nailed, the most nailed guys in these weeks. And we we always joke every year that we're going to captain a, a goalkeeper in the next double gaming, but the most nailed guys in doubles it really are just the defenders and the goalkeepers and going for two cleans or one clean and an attacking return or two cleans and one attacking return, whatever seems like the best way to just like pile on a huge amount of point a uh, floor of points to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I, we, we both kind of came to that conclusion and did go heavy at the back um, I mean, unfortunately, like me, I picked Lindelof and Smalling, which was a fucking nightmare. And I also got Rudiger, so that didn't work out for me. I expected one clean from United, and you know they they did give up that late goal in the first game, which was a little unfortunate. But uh, you know they're bad, and I obviously knew they were bad defensively, and I was just kind of hoping to get one there. But you know the Rudiger benching was he was so fucking bad in the first game; should have probably gotten a red card. I mean, I, I didn't have money to get as Pilacueto, which was a big, big bummer because that would have been a big amount of, <laughs> big amount of points. goal in my fucking life. Yeah, but it just he had a huge, huge haul. And, um, and you know, Ederson, yeah, I, I definitely am looking at defense moving forward as just like the place to go. As you mentioned, I mean, the premium players didn't really return. I mean, Hazard did in the second game. Kuhn did in the first game before he got injured. But other than that, I mean, it was just little... Trickles of points and like Tompkins, you had got what seven or eight or something. Yeah, seven. I mean, he's like four point two, and you know Rashford, he returned, he got the same amount of points. I mean, he played one instead of two games, but it's just the rotation is just every year we never know what's going to happen. So I think the one interesting thing will be, I mean, with City, it's just such a fuck because. They had the double game week earlier this year, and Raz played one game. You know, Aguero played both. He got injured. Who knows if he would have played two this time? But Ederson and Laporte were the only defenders to play both games. I mean, Walker subbed on late. That doesn't really count. Subbed on early in the second game. But they do have two legitimate games, unlike two joke walk-in-the-park walk games like they have this double game week and the previous one, which were both also pretty easy games. They have two legitimate games in their double coming up. So maybe we, their home spurs at United with, you know, if they have one, two, three days off in between. Maybe we will see less rotation. Like he'll actually play his good players for the two games. So we'll we'll get there. But other than that, yeah, defense just looks looks good. I think, right? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's almost like if I had to do it over again, it's almost like just pick your captain. Don't even pick double city attack or you know whatever. Just pick your captain, which for both of us would have been Kuhn, and then just go like. If there's a defense as likely as City were to keep it double clean, we should be doubling them. We should never get two attackers from that team, you know, in the future. That's that's probably my biggest takeaway. Yeah. It's like it, it's, it, it's, like our eyes just get huge at the prospect of, oh, my God, they could score 10 goals in two games. Like, they're not going to score 10 goals with fucking two days off. And rotation. It's never ever gonna happen. And it never does in double game weeks and 
It's like yeah, I just with Sterling and Aguero. Just if you were to pick one, like I mean, we were both obviously on Aguero captain. That was something we didn't really waver from. But with Sterling, it's still just with those fixtures. Even if he played one game, he could have still been the one with fifteen. You know, so that's that, that's it's tough. Yeah, like of of course he could triple quadruple return in any of those, but it's just like we saw. I mean. Ederson finished on 12, Laporte finished on 18, Walker finished on 12. Like, is it really more likely that Raz is going to get more points than any of those? And is it worth, you know, like six million more at that, at that? Cost, you know, like it's yeah. But then it's it also comes back to we do have to spend the money because he didn't score yeah, he points. Played you one know, game but. and got three points, but we do have to spend the money somewhere. And I mean, it even like I mean, I won five at the back, and I still had like pr- very expensive defenders, and I still managed, you know, with two four five strikers and a four two midfielder. Like I still managed to put Sterling Hazard, Son, and Ollie in my midfield with Kuhn up right. top. And I still have my cheapest. I mean, I have Lindelof, but I mean, I have, I have Van Anhol, Louise, Rudiger, Ederson, Smalling was my team. I mean, they're all. You know, you still have to spend your money in in, in attack. So if you can afford like, Stur- I don't know, it, this is a fucking dumb point. But it's I, a I dumb take point. your point. Uh, well, yeah, Defense, all I'm saying is yeah, like yeah. we've seen all year and last year even. Like if City and Liverpool have bankable fixtures, the chances of a clean sheet are ridiculously high, and we know that, and we know going in and. You know, again, this is hindsight. It probably sounds stupider than I'd like it to, but everyone, if you were going to ask anyone to double up on city defense, everyone would have said Ederson and Laporte. And just imagine those scenes. Like, that's 30 fucking points and two players right there. So, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, um, it's funny because I mean, in Slack you were making out to have the worst week of your season and a hundred k red arrow, and then we end up on the same points. I mean, everything f- I got the hazard and sun points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything it, within five minutes. I mean, I had nothing in my team besides that. I mean, I had Van Anholt was the only player I, that did anything for me in the first. I was on a red arrow going into Wednesday's games on free hit, and I was That's just crazy. like, "What the fuck am I doing?" And then I obviously team. We were talking before. I said one of Luis or Rodriguez is going to get dropped for Bodger at yep. like three hours before the team sheets, and sure enough, that came in. So that was great. And then you know I was just sitting there at halftime with no points, and I'm like, this is just what am I doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I, got, yeah. I just got I got so fucking lucky and bailed out. I, I don't know. I'm I, I got a five k green arrow. I'm a forty nine k. I mean, it's definitely not a successful free hit to me. I mean, a five k green arrow on a free hit is not. Where I want to be at all, I would not have taken that if you told me that before the game we yeah. started. Yeah. Um. So it's really it's really disappointing. And uh, yeah, the, we'll, the we'll, frustrating part is we were both one pick away from huge haul. I mean that's that's everyone this week, right? Like the the top ten k free hit average is ninety five point two. So everyone was sort of right around where we were. The difference is like if you subtract your one pointer with a fucking. Aspilicueta, you know, it, it, those are all the margins. And then you finish on like 110 and you're flying and it's just one, one player difference. Yeah. Um, before we move on, Hafi on Slack asked, who is the biggest star and the biggest villain of double game week 32? Uh, I mean, Raz was extremely disappointing with three points. That's, I think that that's probably the number one worst thing. But I mean, granted, everyone had him. 
Yeah. It didn't really matter that much. I, I was really disappointed with Ollie um, because I thought he was looking pretty good. And he played DM against Palace and he was just kind of in twat mode against Liverpool. Um, I think he had one reasonable chance. Yeah, he had that curler I, I, late. Yeah. I didn't I didn't expect four points from him in the double. I thought he would get at least one return. Um I mean obviously didn't didn't consider Ericsson. I couldn't also stretch to him at his price. Uh, his points were just that maybe Ericsson actually just because he, I thought he looked so bad. And the points felt so jammy and lucky and I mean, no he, he ended the game really strong, I think. Like, he started doing really, like, eye-opening, sick shit against Palace. But, yeah, the way he started that game was like, you're the worst player on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, his final third play was just so bad for, like, basically the entire 180 that he played. And that was just really frustrating. Um, I don't know. I guess that that's my answer. What do you What do you see? Uh, I mean, I'm sure most people listening to this had a United defender, whether it's Lindelof or Smalling, and they should probably both be the number one villain. But luckily, yeah, I, I fucking them. dodged them. But for me, it's it's probably Milivojevic. I mean, <laughs> just like it's just such a fucking typical annoying FPL thing that. His only possible chance of scoring points is getting a pen, and that's why we didn't like him as a pick, and he gets a pen in Huddersfield and gets a nine-pointer, and he's flying. And also, if he was like one second earlier on that sun tackle, maybe it would have been a million goal, and that just would have been lols. But I don't know. That that just really annoyed me when I came in, and I was also doing really poorly at that point, and I was just like... Fucking hell, man. Like, I just can't win in this game if Milivojevic is going to throw up nine pointers when, like, every casual on earth has him, you know? But I don't know. That's. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Milivojevic is just like, unless if you were five at the back and you needed someone in that price slot in midfield, like, I, there is no argument where spending six plus on him is better than a premium defender. It's just insane. There's a, yeah, no and argument then he come, at all. And then he rolls out with 11. It's just like, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure, guy. Sure guy. Okay, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. All right, let me yeah, do I can't have, believe I didn't even mention the United defenders with one and I, one. I, I was and Rudiger. I mean, I have, for all, I have three one-pointers, on and I'm not even... I have three one-pointers, and I didn't mention any of them. They're all fucking pieces of shit. And Lindelof getting death threats, Smalling just being bad. <laughs> the, the the ransom notes on Slack of <laughs> Lindelof fake oh death threats God, were fake, really good. People on our Slack where you know it's like you cut out the letter in a magazine and it's like yeah, yeah, if you yeah. come to the supermarket at seven o'clock you're <laughs> fucking dead, bro. <laughs> like, well, people were actually hoping he didn't play the second game so they could get like a Hoiberg auto sub. And I was yeah, like, I yeah, just send him Bakuna, death threats on Twitter and he won't fucking play. It's easy. Could have gotten Bakuna's two points off i wish he fucking was still scared for his life that would have been amazing that and as a non united defense owner god i was so happy at all of that that was like my favorite thing in the weekend i i wrote in lineup plans for those who didn't see it it was like a last minute tinker i was just like these guys just make me unhappy and i think they're all bad and so i'm just not gonna have any of them <laughs> that like saved my week um <laughs> All right, let me housekeeping. So for the March mug winner, I honestly don't know yet who it is because the guy who is in first place and 
theoretically won the mug. I have no idea who he is or even if he is a Patreon subscriber. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. So basically, this is the equivalent of me tweeting goal to be confirmed, assist to be confirmed, checking on this guy <laughs> if he's a fucking sneaky snake or if he's legit. If you're him, contact us immediately. I also did a post on Patreon to, you know, get him to try and reach out. I'll give you a few days or something. If not, then then the mug's going elsewhere. Um, shout out to the Goal Scorers Challenge League leader, still Magic Mike, and shout out to the top of the FMLFPL Public League, Pajolski, pulling away a little bit. He had a 99-pointer, and he's up to 12th overall in the world. So, you know, just Pajolski things. We're all living in just a Pajolski world. All right, bro. So, man, we have one day off. What the fuck is going on? Thank God it's a blank game week because we have one day and I don't have enough, like, space in my head to make it through, like, a a large, entire, normal week. I can can look at the week and just see a few fixtures and be like, okay, I can manage this. Yeah, I mean, I think... Like for me and you, I guess, or I mean, my team, like I have 12 players in my team right now um, with my free transfer not yet used. And this is going to be sort of similar to like the free hit where our plans are, this is like the final week of the plans. And then I'm going to be on wildcard next week. Um, so we'll see. It's kind of like a cluster, right? We look at these game weeks in a cluster because some other, you know, maybe people got hundreds or 95 pluses this week but their team is in complete shambles for this blank game week and they still have like three united, two wolves, you know, city players. So anyone who wasn't on free hit could be in trouble. This week we'll see how the how it falls, but you know, I there's not a lot of places to look. Like right, we have Liverpool and Hazard and basically maybe like Aspilicueta. But other than that, it's just a bunch of kind of punty guys on shitty teams. But what do you? I mean, what do we? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to just go into each fixture again? Like I mean, I six? feel like the thing to talk about. I don't want to go into each fixture because, like you said, the majority of these are just like bad, and I don't care. But the I think the interesting thing, at least from from my perspective, is like the prevailing different strategies in this moment in time, which is either. A lot of people are wildcarding this week because their team is fucked for the blanks and they need, you know, a team for the rest of the season, which is interesting. There's I think the majority of competitive players and like our Patreon subscribers and stuff like that, and you are wildcarding in thirty-four for the double gaming in thirty-five. And then there's me and people like me who don't have wildcard left and are gonna use free transfers to get to thirty-five. So the reason I think those interest me is because it's it all starts like right now. We kind of all have to make our decisions today on what we're doing. Like if you're wild carding thirty four, fine, you can do whatever this week. You can take any punt you want, it's fine. But everyone else kinda has to make like a huge call today that'll, you know, start defining their end of the season. Like I I have to look at transfers from through the lens of like is this guy doubling in 35 and do I want him for the rest of the season? Which is like, you know, pretty hardcore. Yeah, I think that's a very difficult position to be in just because 
other than Liverpool and I mean Chelsea are basically like half. I don't even know what to where to put them. But obviously their defense is very suspect and Hazard's still like the stats are so horrible. But there are just not a lot of Chelsea assets. So with that said, I mean the rest of the teams are genuinely at best like ninth. Like they're just I mean Arsenal I guess. I was but- gonna say I think because of all of the things that you're saying and everything that I just said, we should talk about Arsenal. Okay. Um because they're one of the only no. They're them and Southampton the are the only teams who play this week and double in thirty five, right? Yeah, Southampton yeah. play this week. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh well, Liverpool they basically don't. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But and so <laughs> and Arsenal have really good fixture. Not really good, but good fixtures for the rest of the season. So they're kind of I feel like the one team that like overlaps all those Venn diagrams of different strategies. <laughs> um, we got a few questions in about them. Charms on Slack discuss Ramsey slash Mkhitaryan or are they too untrustworthy because of Emery rotation? Vinay on Slack is the Alba Laka situation a trap for the coming weeks? Which one would you pick? And Bocce coach legend. Is there anybody other than Cola worth owning on Arsenal? I'm looking for guys with a game this week, also doubling in 35 for the bench boost. So yeah, that's that's that. Um, I mean, Klasner definitely like a easy pick in defense if you're looking for someone in that bracket at five million. Um, he seems to be trusted, and it's not like they have other options, so he should get as many games as he can handle. Um, so yeah, I definitely like that pick. I think Leno is definitely reasonable at four eight. Um, I mean, their defenses look better. They do have a lot of away games coming up, but they still have two good home games. Um, just for reference, they have five away games and two home games left. Oh, that's and not they, good for Arsenal. It, it's it's not good for for them in general. I mean, they haven't been as good on the road this season, but nor have they been keeping clean sheets on the road. But they're playing their to me they're playing their best football um yeah me too the last month or two and it seems like he's got them just going at a good rate and i i they 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 should be winning most of these games i mean they even though they're away games and so i mean for that reason you know Leno at 4-8 i think you could do a lot worse like i mean i'm seeing Granted, Ryan has like the two doubles, but you know, when you're looking at players like Ryan or Foster, like they're like 0.2.3.4, like, yeah, gun. Like, I, if you, I think that's a little bit of few shekels that's worth putting into Leno just because he's playing on a one million times better team than all those other, all those other goalkeeping teams I mentioned. How that, many, how many cleans does Arsenal have away this season? What's your guess? One. Zero. Zero, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> what the fuck is that, man? Yeah. But again, I, I just feel like they're playing better now than no, they no, have. I agree, I agree. They, they look and, great to me. And I mean, their away fixtures are not, I mean, they're not like bad fixtures. They're good fixtures. They don't play any top six teams the rest of the season. They should keep like three cleans. I, I expect three cleans in the next seven. Me like, too. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing about their fixtures, and I that's why I kind of like, stuttered on them is because they don't play the like dog shit teams other than Brighton. They play the mid table, like exclusively the like new mid table, Everton, Watford, Wolves, Palace, Leicester, Brighton, Burnley. And it's just really hard to evaluate if those teams care or they're on the beach. None of those teams have anything to play for. Um, and Arsenal have a lot to play for, so it's just kind of a hard one to evaluate. It's not as easy as them just be- having like 
Huddersfield, Fulham, Cardiff, Southampton. You know, it's not that easy. They're not just like ridiculous bankers, but they should still win the large majority of them, even though they're away. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's what I expect. I think, as you mentioned, because they are the mid-table teams, other than really them looking like maybe Brighton in 37 and Burnley in 38, and none of the, every other team they're playing until then, their season's already over. So who knows? I mean, and like you say, Arsenal have a lot of incentive. But, I mean, in defense, that's that's really where I'd be looking. I don't think, you know, spending extra for, like, I mean, Koscielny's injured now or, like, the center backs. I don't know what's happening. They, they don't have a right back that's listed defender as a midfielder. So I think that's about it. Midfield, I think, is a complete stay away. I, it would be, I can't believe people are asking questions about the midfielders. Do you see anything differently? I mean... It's just so rough because I want one. Like, I, just looking at my team, I'm like, where can I make a transfer amongst my blankers, which are Pogba, Raz, and Kuhn, for guys that I definitely don't want? And it would probably be Pogba out of those three. And I'm just, like, looking at Arsenal's midfield, trying desperately to find anyone. And there's just the consistency of minutes, and there is no consistency of consistency of minutes at all so it's very very difficult I mean Ozil's definitely a punt and lately he started three of the last four and played the majority of the minutes maybe that'll stick he's playing well no idea though very unreliable and Rambo is like probably their best midfielder full or best attacking midfielder full, full stop and he's started the last three and and has two goals in the last three so I'm I don't know. I just don't know. It it probably is a full stay away. I, I just don't. The chances of the player you're getting playing the majority of the last seven are, are like 5%. No. I'm, yeah. I, it's just basically you sh- if you're looking at Arsenal midfield, you should be looking at them thinking that they don't have a double game week because there's no chance that you're going to spike that. And Emery doesn't know what team he's going to play in two games right now, I'm sure. So there's just no one there that's reliable, period. Um, but in terms of Obbs and Locke, I think that's that's an interesting one. I mean, it must be said, they're both still very expensive. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of forwards that are in like the 7 million region who you could probably make better cases for. But what do you, are you enticed by the upside or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Obbs. Burned the fuck out of me this season. That was a a, a horror show of a night. Uh, a night. I don't know what I'm saying. A horror show of a, a period together. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely enticed. I mean, they're two elite attackers, and we like Arsenal to win the majority of their games. So, like, why wouldn't I like them? I mean, Laka Laka's consistency is out of control. Like, he doesn't have a double-digit return since Game Week 8, which is tough for a 9 million guy, but he also pretty much returns every fucking week since Game Week, like, 11, even in sub-appearances, but he starts the majority of the game. So, for consistency's sake, I'm, I would lean more towards Locke. I mean, Ob's just didn't start their last game, so who the fuck knows? But... It is also one of those where you're never, ever surprised if whichever one you have ends up on the bench or starts in Europa League and then doesn't start in the Prem. So I don't know. It might, like value-wise, they're probably neither of them are worth it unless they really get hot and Obst starts like 
double returning every week, but consistency and and just raw safe total of points wise, they're probably both just good picks. If that does that make sense? Yeah, it goes back. You've you've shouted this before, like game week one things where you're not value, but just the points. I mean, yeah. they should like pound for pound be okay at those prices. It's just yeah. to me, it's more a matter of like how do you fit them in your team when. I think that they're well behind Aguero and Kane for options. And, you know, if you're looking at players like Jimenez or, I don't know, who else, like even fucking like Dini, I mean, I don't know. It's just going to be, I think, a very difficult task to, to fit them in. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of like OBS a little bit more just because, as you're mentioning, like, Laka's got the consistency going. I mean, he very rarely blanks, but I mean, he's just chipping in with basically like One the same returns as a six million defender. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Aubameyang, he's got the hat trick potential in him. And if I'm going to be sweating the team sheet, I'm going to be wanting to hope to spike a big score when he does play, if that makes sense. Yeah, like so, treat, treating him like a city player and not just as like a Laka. <laughs> you know, like yeah, Hobbs has yeah. that like. That Raz Sane about him, where he might not start, but he could score like 16 or something. And it's just so weird with him because he went through like a four month period where he was just, or a three month period where he was like first time on the team sheet and they never even really subbed him. And then now the past like five games, his minutes are 29, 79, 34, 70, 15. Like I know he had, we had internationals. I don't know. I think he probably went down to Gabon to Africa or wherever the fuck he plays, but. That's a concern. So I yeah, mean, you're taking I think a leap the Europa of faith. League was a big factor there because yeah, that's he was yeah yeah he, got he was starting there. all those and Laka was suspended yeah, and yeah. yeah so I don't know it's just a, it's a leap of faith. I mean, do you think he's going to go back to just riding him like the horse he was riding him for those you know those winter months? I think um, and that he, trying to predict it is. It's folly. folly. Yeah, it's, oh, it's just I like it's a, folly there. It's a folly kind of day. It's a, it's it's a leap of faith for sure. And like you do say, you know, Europa League, it's not like group stage anymore where he's going to be playing children. I mean, he could be playing first strength or strong sides there now that they're kind of getting towards the end. I don't know. It's, it's a tough I mean, one. And I'm they, not they have sh- fucking Napoli. It's it's a yeah. serious big, big tie, you know. So. So I mean I'm not sure on my wild card next week I'm going to end up with any Arsenal players maybe a defender I'm not sure how my money's really? going to fall not, but not Cola Well I was just looking at it and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go five at the back and I mean I was looking at you know doing triple Liverpool defense um, putting in Ederson at goal and that left two spots and I was still looking like do I would I want Cola over someone like for Tongan, like looking at the fixtures and, and shit, or because I mean, I still think Spurs are better than Arsenal defensively, and even though they have Loris, or do I want to put like Laporte in? So the spots just get taken very quickly. So I'll see. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm obviously not going to be on wildcard. I think Cola is just such a good pick. Like his attacking potential is right up there with every defender in the game. Like, it's just the amount of returns. He has seven assists on the year, and he didn't start starting until game week 11. That's like Robbo-like returns. Um, I I love Cole. I think he's a great player. I I, I like him, too. I'll probably have him, but I'll I'll see. I'm not not 100%, but we'll see. Um, So then Southampton, Um, what do you... Yeah, I mean, Southampton, I fucking... Like you said, it's just... It makes... 
at life so much harder because they're, you know, playing Liverpool this week. So you want none of their players at all this week. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's just like the wrong week to talk about Southampton. Like I'm yeah. very interested in Southampton because of the double and like they've looked really good the last few games and it yeah. seems like they're really on the up and they're gonna finish the season strong. But like if you're on wild card right now, what do you do? Like are you gonna put two or three Southampton players in and you're not gonna be able to like bench them if you're doing that because then you're gonna be having players on like Bournemouth and Burnley and shit or <laughs> yeah. Newcastle. Like you're I mean, gonna maybe have to play you can them. get away with benching like JWP and Gunn or something like yeah. that. I mean yeah. you can obviously get away with benching Valerie's for one. Yeah. So maybe that is the strategy, but yeah, I mean, maybe we should just save Southampton talk till next week because they're all legitimately horrendous picks for this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe we just we just save that and move on to like Chelsea or something like that. I mean, they so Chelsea play this week. They don't have a double in thirty five, but I don't know. I just think their their double and their form in general is one of the more interesting weird as fuck things ever. They keep being horrible away, and the double didn't really go any differently than that. They were awful against Cardiff and got really ridiculously lucky with with the ref, and then they completely shit on Brighton and scored wonderful <laughs> goals and just looked great, and everyone was happy, even though there was no one in the stands. So... I don't know what to make of Chelsea right now. Like, do you think that they turned any corner? Is this just the same, like, inconsistent pieces of shit that are good at home and bad away? Well, I think that, well, there's, I think there's a lot to unpack here. For, for number one, Brighton away is a shocking team right now. I mean, all season long, their away performances have been completely shocking. They haven't been competitive. Do they even have, more than like one or two wins on the road, they can't. And so that's one thing. Well, they have Second one thing clean is, away, so they're, they've, they've been better than Arsenal away, but they have, I mean, they only have five cleans at home. But yeah, they've been way, way better at home, like in terms of like yeah. all the underlying XG, everything ever. Wolfie I mean, is just getting rock hard with me talking about Brighton right now. Yeah, I mean, we watch Brighton away games this year, and it's just not, they're not competitive games. But so they had that going for them at the bridge. But the other thing they had going for them was sorry, removed his head and his cigarettes out of his asshole and benched really bad, shitty players and played his actual good players. By that meaning putting RLC in midfield, which surprise he's better than Ross Barkley, surprise he's better than Kovacic. And he finally put, um, Hudson Adoy up top. Surprise! Pedro has like zero assists all season and is bad. <laughs> and Willian is just diabolical. So he's putting in some good. And Giroud came back in. He's actually competent. And so that was all good. But do I have faith that he's going to hold that for the rest of the season That's... or for one game week? Like absolutely not. I have no idea. It would be there would be no surprise. To me, whatsoever, if he put Barkley or Kovacic with Conte and Jorginho in midfield against West Ham, he started Hazard, one of Pedro or Willian, and Iguain up top. That would be the least surprising thing in my possible I could possibly think of. It'd be That's way seven. more surprising if he ha- proved to have eyes and or a brain, and that was. And he went with Giroud and Cho again. That would be more I, I surprising. And RLC, it, that would be uh, yeah, that RLC. would stun me, stun me because it was game week. We just finished game week thirty two. Yeah, 
And it took him six months to realize that these players are better than the shithouse old fucks that I've been playing every week. Yeah, RLC is the one sort of exception because apparently he's just been hurt all year. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, Giroud, I was thinking about Giroud yesterday, like when I was like, you know, home looking at shit for the pod. And I was just like, how criminally underrated has Giroud been for pretty much his whole career? It's insane. Like what there was never a point as soon as Giroud got to Chelsea that he was not the best striker at Chelsea. But every, you know, Conte and then sorry, we're both just like trying everything in their power to not get him on the pitch. And he's always been better than Maranta and he's always been better than Higgs. And he's just great. I mean, you just the way the team flowed around him against Brighton, obviously he got his near post goal. Some Druid things will never change, but the way that he holds up and passes and the flicks and everything and has is happy and everyone's just flowing. It's just like he's just so good. And it it's I started getting pissed off because of, you know, just how fucking bad Higuain is and how bad Murata was for them and it's just like fucking Ollie, dude. Just get him in there. Like he's just legitimately been a really good Premier League player for however long he's been in the Premier League, and he's just still like un- underrated. I don't know. Yeah, he honestly, to me, the thing that I feel like is the most underrated about him is is just footballing intelligence, like his oh, football IQ. God. Like, yeah, he he's just his movement. We all know his limitations, right? Like, he does not have the pace. Like he's not going to knock it around, but he kind of reminds. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of like Jekko when he was at City, kind mm. of just like really just like a workman, like lunch pail, little hard hat type player who's just going to stay within himself and do what he needs to do to impact the game. And like Jekko goes to Roma and he scores, starts scoring thirty a year. Like imagine if fucking Giroud went to like. Fiorentina, he would I mean, score he like literally 40 goals. carried Montpellier to league on title <laughs> yeah. with 21 yeah, I mean, goals the, before he went to Arsenal. Like he was yeah. fucking ripping up Europe. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a great player and you know like you said, you know they immediately come on and score three goals for the first time in like their fucking lives since they played Huddersfield, which is barely a fixture. So yeah, Drew's good, but again, I mean, we're going way off the track FPL wise. Yeah, I just, I just had to Giroud rant. I was just watching those highlights and I was just like, he is like, you'd be extraordinarily happy if any of the big fucking mug fucks in this league ended up like Giroud. Like, if Dini could ever figure out a Giroudness of him, if. If Andy Carroll, when he was like 500 million pounds, went to Liverpool, if he ever ended up nearly as good as Giroud, that would be like a very successful career for someone like that, even though he's still underrated and he still just does it. Like, Dunk and Duffy just were like fucking freaking out. Like, anytime there was a ball in the air, they're both just bear hugging him, and Giroud still wins the header and knocks it down perfectly for like RLC. It's just like, God, he's so good. And against Duncan Duffy is, I mean, they're obviously brutes, but that's yeah. their where they earn their paychecks. Yeah, they don't expect to get and, yeah. muscled around all day for yeah. ninety minutes. Like that's not what they're supposed to be good at. All right, so that that was a fun talk. But in general, I think like if you still don't have wild card, I don't, I don't want any Chelsea players. I mean, they have at Liverpool, at United still to come. Yeah, they're just a schi- we talk about schizo teams all the time, and they're the definition of. I mean, we just don't know what they're going to do game to game. So, I mean, I have like I have Hazard and Aspilicueta for this week. 
Um, oh yeah, that. But I can't believe, dude. I fucking had Aspel the before free hit, had him <laughs> after free hit, and I took him out for my free hit team. It's just like, oh, get the center backs because they're the goal threat. Then they're, they're cheaper. That's good. Good, do that. Oh my god, damn it. But anyway, I mean, that's where I'm at with Chelsea. Though I just don't see really anyone I want for the run in, so I don't want to be spending transfers on them. Kind of. Yeah, right? I wonder. The only thing I was wondering with Hazard is I wondered the significance of him bringing back his like disgusting neck beard. And you know what that has on his potential of failed prospects because it, it reminded me of has of like three four years ago and I was like oh chin, wow look the at chin strap yeah the chin strap like are you kidding me bro <laughs> what are you doing it's every wild. other football player in actually the world cares so much about like what they look like in their haircut and everything and has just rolls up with like a Hasidic Jew chin strap he's just like hey guys what's up <laughs> I'm the new Real Madrid player like look at me it's like bro like clean your shit up dude <laughs> it's so it's it's also kind of like a the 16 year old like facial hair growing oh, in kind yeah. of thing and he just never surpassed that age and oh, he's yeah, just yeah. He's forever 16, he like walks around with an acoustic guitar i'm like okay yeah. dude like yeah, <laughs> he just can't grow a beard he just has his little chin strap yeah the only thing the on, the very last thing about chelsea is just ha- is west ham so diabolically bad and on the beach and throw revolutionary workers throwing down their tools <laughs> that this is just potential of like an eight nil. Like, is that no, the level no. of West Ham's player right now? Because they no. have been next level bad. I mean, Everton <laughs> could have beat them five nil. That was a fucking joke game. Huddersfield scored three against them. Like, yeah, West Ham came back, whatever. Cardiff beat them two nil. Like, what? They're so bad. <laughs> the revolutionary tools. I just <laughs> it's so good. Where did so that come good. from? I need to like. The uh, there's no zero point one percent chance that Kaylee <laughs> listens to this pod, but I need to. I need to give him more props for we, that because it's. We huge. need Cole to make a gif of that of just like oh all the West God. Ham players in like a factory assembly oh line, God. just like. <laughs> Throwing like throwing their shit down and going like that burning Pellegrini so or something. Oh like my the, god! In the Cole field, like planting. We need this gift. Oh that my god! So funny. Just Andy Cowell with like a fucking like mop, just like <laughs> cleaning the factory floor, and he just like gives up, like breaks the mop over his knee, throws it away, and like walks out of the factory. They get on a, like, the next scene. They're just on the beach with pinnacle <laughs> Pellegrini is um, just like, where is it? No, I, I, I don't think that that's going to be that kind of a game. I just don't think Chelsea are capable of it, really. And I also, you know, that's a darb, and that's always a very cagey game. I feel like it'll be fouls galore, time-wasting galore. Definitely don't want to watch any of it galore, even though it's on Monday. Yeah, I just don't I, know I, how to rate West Ham, because we were just talking about how Chelsea completely shit on Brighton away, and Brighton are absolutely awful away, and I'm just... What West Ham has shown the last three weeks, I'm not certain that away Brighton is worse than any version of West Ham. Like, maybe (laughs) they'll get up for it, and maybe Noble can, like, rally the troops and get the revolutionary workers back <laughs> back on track but i'm not sure i'm definitely not sure about that because well i i think the yeah. one thing he's gonna have going for him pellegrini is that he can be like listen we're gonna be compact and stay tight and it's gonna be like a five five oh 
yeah. they're just going to park two deep bus lines and that's all they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I mean, Chelsea on a good day can't score like with space. So I don't know right. what, and I mean, again, if fucking hate Chelsea so much. So, yeah. So but, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. if Giroud plays, I think that would be good for their chances, obviously, but we'll, we'll see about it. But I, I don't think it's going to be like a cricket game like that. It would surprise me if West Ham scored. I mean, I think the, the clean sheet feels yeah, pretty too. good there. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm seeing people capping has. I'm like, what's happening today? And that, so I'm, I'm happy to see that people are losing it, but I don't know. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, wow. Well, that was a lot of ranting. It's good we got that out of our system. There's a bunch of questions. Should I just power through them? Yeah, and but then- skip, skip the bad ones. Okay, well, I don't remember which ones are bad because I put this together at like 5 a.m. So here we go. Tim on Slack. It's impossible to predict injuries and rotation to agree and Swedish death threats, but are there takeaways from how many players we expected to play closer to 180 minutes and didn't? Should we prioritize high ceiling or low floor next time, or is it more of a case-by-case thing? Feels like this is an issue every, every double game week, but maybe the free hit chip makes it feel worse. So I think I that's a good question, generally speaking, but I take strong exception to one point that he made of saying that it's largely unpredictable to predict when rotation is going to happen. I think that's patently false. We can predict with 100% certainty that rotation does happen, and it's just a matter of getting lucky and picking the player that starts both or, or not. And it's as simple as that. And for those reasons, I mean, that's why we both want five at the back. You know, center backs, blah, 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 less chance of being rotated, as we saw. Um... I do think there, that one other thing maybe moving forward too is we, we probably need to pay a little bit more attention to the fixtures when we're trying to predict who's going to get two starts. Like when we looked at Spurs, for example, I mean, Sun missing the first game, we don't know if that's down to kind of his legginess and stuff, but Erickson, Ali Kane, they all started both because they had a tough game first against Liverpool and then they had the, the home opener again with right. whatever that. Bagpipes and singing all those nonsense songs. I remember the best team in the history of the (laughs) planet. (laughs) Whatever the actual fuck that ceremony was. But, like, again, you know, looking at the City double in 35, they have two tough games. He's not playing Phil fucking Foden in either of those games. Right. But, you know, when you looked at City, they have Cardiff and fucking Fulham. It's like, you know, he doesn't need to play. He doesn't need to risk tough. His his guys for these games are easy as fuck. So that's the kind of thing also that we, we don't talk about that enough. And I think we need to pay a little more attention. Like, if a good, very good team has two really easy fixtures and a double with a short break, like that screams rotation. Period. Right. Like right, it right, just right. does more so, more than usual amounts. More of than usual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, you know, we looked at a team like United. You know, Pogba played both games. He's basically the DM. Like makes it all go, even though he's been bad. So that was one thing. But when we were looking at like Rashford, like no one was saying, oh, he's going to play both for sure. Like he was coming off an injury. He wasn't and, like, even these definitely are, fit. Like he yeah. was flagged going into it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, with like Palace, for example, like our second game was Spurs. We didn't rotate. We, I mean, we had Zaha and Batshu. I played both games. Like the first game, we needed the points. It was a it was a home game that we needed the points from. And then the second game was a tough game. And you know, we have nothing to play. So the rotation is predictable. Picking the teams of who's going to rotate is predictable. Which players is impossible to predict. Yeah, which attacking players? I mean, which attacking I, you're, you're really just unlucky if you have like Lindelof and Rudiger. Like th- those are just that's just pure luck. There's nothing else to that. But pretty much every defender and goalkeeper played 180 minutes that we were thinking about. Like there was 
almost none that were just like surprise benched for no reason, you know. And Walker was a little bit Walker just because was the drop very off surprising. That the drop was, off to Danilo is just I can't even put yeah, that, that into a quantifiable term. That was term. definitely the most surprising out of all of them. But yeah. the large majority of defenders and goalkeepers played 180. So yeah, that that ended up being very predictable, and that's why we went that route. But yeah, I agree with you. I think there's there's a little more like spot analysis that we can do. And I think bringing up someone like Wilf is actually really relevant. Like guys like Wilf, Deeney, like mid-table to sort of bad teams, these are their talisman. Like these are their Canes and Salahs. Like these guys are never going to not play for them if to have fit. good chances of picking up points. Yeah, if they're fit, they're going to be If playing. they're fit, they're playing every single time. So maybe we should be like, we should talk. Stack. We should look at that more. We, yeah, that's we a blind should probably be had. stacking on guys like that and picking one or two premium attackers and then going heavy defense instead of like squeezing in a third premium attacker and having like you know going lighter elsewhere or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Next question. This one is really long from Facarilla Brian. I'm tr- I'm trying to skim it to see if I have to read the whole thing or not because I really don't want to. But he's saying, he's basically asking about form. He's saying, just looking at the figures, multiple players this season, such as Sun, Salah, Pogba, Obbs, the list goes on, scored majority of their points are, are way, like had a huge stretch run of points within a seemingly random 10-week period in the season. Apart from the obvious eye test, how do you assess these players coming into or out of form most of these streaks fell within a good fixture run, so is it really as simple as picking an underperforming asset going into favorable fixtures? Why do I make this game difficult for myself? <laughs> it's a really no, hard question. No, it's a hard question, but it's a good question because that that's where you make gains on the field. To me, it, the like you always want to buy low and sell high. I mean, stocks, any other fantasy game, FPL especially, um, I think to me the main thing is eye test, but I think it's it's almost like a 50-50 eye test from the player that you're targeting, but also just the team that you're targeting. I mean, the fixtures have to come into it as well. You know, you're not going to want to buy a player who's going to go on a run of playing four top four teams in the next six fixtures or something. But if you see a team that's good but hasn't been playing well for a few weeks or a month or something, and then they put in a good performance, maybe someone switches a position or they drop an underperforming player, put someone new in, and they look better, like th- that's when I would like be looking to buy a premium asset or something like that. Like I need to see something before buying someone and not just looking at the fixtures because that's where we've gotten into trouble before where we just go strictly on fixtures over form. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's a short answer, but that's kind of what I look at. It is very much eye test, though, for me. Yeah, I think it is for me, too. And I think I, just an example ready on the tip of my tongue is probably Kane. I mean, obviously he blanked in 180 minutes in the double game. Like, it's not great. But Spurs played really, really well in the second half versus Liverpool in the second toughest game of the season. And I thought they played really well against Palace and created a lot of chances. Kane was, you know, a bit deeper, a bit more build up. He still ended up on seven shots and had that 1v1. And to me, Spurs are just kind of, 
this is the sign they're showing the signs of getting out of the funk that they've been in where they lost like four or five straight or whatever it was they end the season with a ton of home matches all of them really good fixtures except for away city and the double and i just feel like okay yeah like uh, to me spurs are just like good to go and i feel very confident in like kane and spurs for the rest of the season um, yeah, I mean, maybe shifting on, but the one thing with Spurs that I am, I agree with you completely. I mean, that's a very good point. I think like you're making, you know, Spurs are kind of like a little wobbly, shitty for a little while. And the mm-hmm. last, the last game and the, the second half of the Liverpool game, they're definitely turning the corner, but I am a little bit nervous about what is going to do to them when they play three games against City in the next four. You mean That's just like mentally or just like running out of gas? Every, yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, when they're looking at the fixtures, every other game that they have on their plate is a fucking joke mockery. But they're playing City twice in the Champions League and then on the first half of their double gaming 35. It's just going to, I don't know. So their is next that, four fixtures are home City Champions League on April 9th, home Huddersfield on April 13th, then away city in Champions League April seventeenth, and then away city in the league April twentieth, four twenty. Like, am um, I reading too much into that, or is that like a viable thing? Um, I just don't think of them as the type of team that's gonna like have their head down and be like caught off guard. Like, I don't think of Poch as that kind of manager where he loses the team and they they get sad and end this season really poorly or something like that. To me, they're strong mentally in that way and and have good leadership with like their, you know, veterans and with Kane and stuff. And even if they get like spanked by City, knocked out of the Champions League and losing the league, I I I mean they've they've shown such resilience just even this year with the injuries and all that stuff. I, I don't think that I would still back them in home Brighton, home West Ham, away Bournemouth, home Everton to just do their thing and pick up the points and finish top four. Yeah. Okay. That's that's how I feel about them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Bocce coach, what a fucking legend Bocce is. Bocce coach on Slack. Who takes the last two Champions League spots between Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, United? Do you predict any impact on playing style based on the title slash top four race? For example, someone tightening up or pushing more forward for goal differential. The second point, I have no idea. The second point, no, because Liverpool will never catch City on goal differential. I don't think it's even in their thoughts at all. I... uh, it's it's a tough call to pick two of those teams. I I don't feel like Chelsea are going to get a, get away with it. Um, and for me, it's it's easy. I think Spurs, it's Spurs and Arsenal, and I think Arsenal have a very good chance of finishing third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I I could get behind that. I'm still not sure about United though, because I mean they've got home City, home Chelsea. I mean, if they beat Chelsea, that's a big swing there. They'll probably lose to City. But they have a pretty easy run the other four games. The, the bottom line is the fixtures for all these teams are pretty favorable. Um, I mean, they all have at worst like two tough games in the last six. So Arsenal have none. Arsenal have none, but it's also, yeah, 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 okay. Arsenal Spurs, yeah, I, I probably would go go there with yeah, you. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's like the chalk pick. I'm not like going out on a limb here or anything, but I just think... They're the two best and most consistent, and they deserve it. And they're and they're in the best positions. I mean, Spurs are 
in third on points and Arsenal are in fourth as is with the game in hand. So I think that 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 uh, United unlike Pochettino or you're mentioning, you know, he's gonna keep them strong, United are about to get demolished by Barcelona. So we'll see how they come out of that <laughs> yeah, also. Exactly. <laughs> how, like if you thought Pogba's been bad for the last two months, just wait yeah. until you see Pogba yeah, after he gets publicly <laughs> executed by Messi and, and Co. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how like the little hobbit uh, Ole does outside after those those shellackings, and then he's got to go against City and Chelsea coming up the, in short order. The thing with the Barcelona fixtures is United's defense is, is looking really oh. strong right now, <laughs> and I think they'll just lock it down, <laughs> lock it up, lock it up. Oh, oh my goodness, Gibran, be- yeah. James on Slack. Speaking of United, is Pablo an easy omission for the run in? I mean, it's this is just like tooting our own horns, but we were basically the only people in the FPL world saying, like, don't get Pogba, he's been bad. And he came up with two disgusting performances, which are really just mirror images of the disgusting performances he's been putting up for some some weeks, some maybe about a yeah, month now. A while, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, there's there's no question, if you have eyes and a brain, and you shouldn't put him in your team. Yeah, and beyond that, I mean, I do like the West Ham Fisher. That's we have a really small sample size of OGS or United under OGS and they've pretty much just beat up on every bad team. Like that's where they've really thrived is just like score three plus goals against the bad teams and uh, eh, everywhere else and home West Ham. They're really fucking bad and that could be a result, but then they have away Everton, Everton are in good form. That's not easy. And home city in the double. And then they're home Chelsea in 36. So you don't even really want them at all, even after that. And then, you know, so other than, other than Rashford, I don't think there's an argument for having any United players for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy to just skip out. Um, Aiden on Slack. I'd love to hear some chat on the mid price mid decore, Jerry D, Tielemans, et cetera. Yeah, hold on. Let's just save that one because the question at the end is about everyone's asking about a one week punt. So let's just skip that for now. Aaron on Slack is ditching Higuain for a minus four for Vardy a good or bad idea? Um, it's probably good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know it's Huddersfield, but I like if it's a one week. I, I don't know. There's no. It's a coin flip. It's Huddersfield really, and Newcastle. Like if you don't have your wild card, I think that's fantastic because Higuain looks like a fucking disgusting pick moving forward, and Vardy is someone even though he doesn't have a double, like you could hang on to. Um, but if it's like a little short term pun, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, not it's sure hard to it's hard to take a minus four on a pun, but yeah, I mean I don't expect Higuain to start. He obviously could, but I it there's no reason that he should start. Vardy and Lester are fucking flying. And Braj came in, and they're just winning every single game and scoring goals, and everyone's returning. So I like that. Um, Simon on Slack. All good managers have a plan. When is it okay to deviate? I don't understand what that means. You know, you make a plan. You plan this transfer. You plan you're going to wildcard then. You plan you're going to get this guy for this guy. When is it okay to deviate from your plan? Like, when do you make changes to your plan? I mean, if it's like a chip plan, I think you don't, period, ever. Like you figure that out and then that's what you're looking at. But when it's coming to like player transfers or like, I mean, it does my head in 
when I see people planning their transfers in like four game weeks. And like, oh, I'm going to drop this guy. I'm going to have enough money to afford this guy in three transfers. Like, for, with transfers, like, you should be looking at what is in front of you and like looking at little windows and things like that. But I, you know, you know, I, I don't plan really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're, like, you're I never anti. plan. I mean, I think it's helpful. And I, I hate think it's planning. something I'll do next season, but. When is it okay to deviate? I mean, we're constantly getting new information, so it's it's a it's a matter of balancing of like filtering out the like FPL world bullshit of like Twitter and Reddit and just fucking idiots, and and fil- filtering that out and taking in actually useful stuff. Which for me and I think you too is usually eye test like. Filtering all that shit out. Sit, let's just say in your fucking spreadsheet, Davy Boy spreadsheet, you're planning on like getting Pogba in or something next week. Well, you should adjust that because United look like shit. Pogba looks like shit. That's not a player that you should be targeting at this point. You know, I think it's worthwhile to kind of do what the general said on on the fireside chat, where it's like he kind of like makes his transfer decision in his head on on Sunday or whatever, but then he doesn't make his actual transfer on Friday. And the, the main reason I think that's beneficial is because you, you get the opportunity to ask yourself, like, why has this changed or why has this not changed? And, yeah, I mean... I, I think one, one other also thing that just popped in my head is of note is I like planning more for a price structure than I do for individual players. Mm, mm, and by mm. that I mean like if I'm looking at my team and I'm like I want to switch formation cuz I have like I don't like any mid-price mids and I want to get into a premium bracket here like right. and then maybe I'll plan a transfer to do that but I'm not like I'm getting like Van Dyke next week. Like I'm looking at I'm saying mean. like uh, yeah. yeah like I want to get in the 6 plus million defender bracket and this spot of my team. So I'm going to make this transfer in midfield to free money up and then I'll figure out which guy I want next week or maybe I'll save I'll do it in 2 weeks cuz my other guys have good fish like that that's the kind of planning I personally that's what that's I do. Really good and I I like that strategy a lot and for the record that is fucking planning so you plan. That is planning. So you're a fucking planning piece of shit. <laughs> Phil fucking lad on Slack. He wants a game week thirty three only Chelsea players ranking between Cho, Pedro, William, and RLC. I don't like for like in real life or like FPL for or, FPL for FPL for game week thirty three. Uh, I mean Pedro and William non options not even shouldn't even be on that list. I would probably pick RLC just because I feel like there's a better chance he's going to start again. Yeah, I think I was going to go the same. Who knows? Uh, you probably shouldn't get any of them. Um, Absolutely, get none of them. I think all of those picks are ridiculously. Yeah, but valuable. Phil scored like 150 points in his free hit. So who are we even to to step on his toes? Um, Wolfie, I mentioned him earlier because he just has the biggest heart on ever for Brighton. He's he's DMing me on Slack about Brighton and their their double double. But in game week 34. They play Cardiff and Brighton at home. He says, Brighton in or all in? Cardiff and Brighton are gash away from home. Cardiff have scored scored the least in the division away from home. Bournemouth are at number 16 in the away goal score table. He really wants to go hard on like Ryan and and Brighton defensive assets. Do you have Brighton feels at this point? They're horrible. They're Um, so bad. That's the thing. They're just so bad. 
I will probably end up with zero Brighton players on my team, even though they have these extra games. I mean, it must be said they they don't have a good fixture because they're horrible. So, I mean, even though home Bournemouth shows up with the little green thing, they should lose that game handily. Home Cardiff is going to be a bloodbath. And then they play Spurs Arsenal City to go. Like, I just don't know what you're looking at when you look at these fixtures and think that they are going to get points. Well, he's looking at, well, and we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Arsenal and Brighton, he's looking at their, they've been really, really tight at home all season. I don't know if that's the type of thing that necessarily persists. And I don't really think that's reliable for cleans, but they have been. I mean, like, by expected goals allowed, they're fourth best on the table at home this season. It's City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Brighton. Um, but is that going to really lead to clean sheets? Can you really rely on them for clean sheets? I I personally don't expect them to ever keep it clean. And it just sort of happens sometimes. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I don't want any, I don't want nothing to do with them. Yeah. I, I think having one defender or Ryan is probably good. My, my issue with that is, like, I think Southampton have been actively good. And yeah, they've been good. their fixtures, by and large, after 33 are good. So I don't know what I'm looking at differently to think that, like, Gunn is way better than Ryan. The defenders are better. There's actual midfielders who play. Like I just like that's where I'm looking. Yeah, I mean the and only the main thing that Brighton has in their back pocket is game week 34 double with ridiculously good fixtures. But they're from game week 35 on, they have really bad fixtures. They're away yeah. Wolves, away Spurs, home Newcastle, yeah. away Arsenal, home City. And again, like yes, they have that double in 34, and they look good. So I mean, if you're gonna try and backdoor one in for that. Fixture like you want to get Ryan on the on the as a bencher and then go for the two shots. That's okay, but like also looking forward, you know, Watford have a very nice double in thirty five at Huddersfield home Southampton, and again they're an actual like good team. So like, I prefer to get players on good teams than players on shitty ass teams with like somewhat okay ish on paper fixtures. I for what it's worth don't think those two home fixtures are good for Brighton. I think Cardiff are going to be coming in with everything they can. They absolutely need to win that game. And Bournemouth, while they sometimes don't show up on the road, they're also just a competent team with good players. Yeah, they've been so, sort uh, of beachy, but they're just competent. They're just decent. Yeah. yeah. So I just I think that's a complete trap. Yeah, I think 34. on like wild card or something, it's very like you could easily sell me on the idea of going like Ryan and Gunn or Ryan and Foster and start Ryan in thirty four and maybe you're bench boosting in thirty five or something like that, but. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think they're just kind of bad. Um, yeah. Jabron James on Slack again. Who do you each intend? Uh, sorry, who do you each of you intend to use your triple captain chip on, and when? That's I um, haven't really given it that much thought, to be honest. I've, I've been looking at it because yeah, it's, I should. It's on I need my to start because, looking at it. Yeah, yeah, really, just because I've got bench boost and triple cap left and there's only one double game week so I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing yeah. um, I am probably going to be bench boosting in 35 um, I am looking at Kane 38 home Everton possibly because mm. it's going to be like a nice rest it's going to be it's really like the first time he's going to have a full rest and then a home game and 
that fixture could be like stupid because Everton obviously their season's over today and it could be something where Spurs still have something to go for. So I'm I'm leaning towards waiting till 38 and just seeing like whose game actually matters and who's at home and go for them. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. And maybe I'll yeah. triple cap a defender or goalie like we talked about earlier and give me 35. I don't know. I don't have my wild card left. I'm not really sure. It's Thursday morning. I need to figure yeah, out like my I, plan, but I'm not sure. I, I think I think for you it makes more sense to triple cap a doubler because yeah, yeah. yeah I want because have 15 you, doublers, yeah. Yeah, and wait, what? No, triple cap a doubler. Not yeah, yeah. I said I said because I won't have 15 doubles. Oh, you won't have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so like lining up the fixtures on the bench boost, you have a few weeks to figure that out. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'll, I wish like if there was an Arsenal player nailed, I'd fucking triple cap them in game week thirty five. But there's not triple cap fucking Jimenez at game week thirty five. Honestly, is probably the best. But I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think like Raz or Kuhn is out of control. Thirty five. Yeah, I mean they should play both given the difficulty of the fixtures. Yeah. yeah, and they have they have three days off. A lot of teams have two days off. They have three days off. Yeah, and they're very good. Um, all right, and then the last set of questions are like Aiden, Haffy, Pocono Drew, Donfest, Rydell. Everyone wants, I mean, Aiden was asking specifically about mid price mids, but all of those other guys are all asking for one week punts because they're all wild carding in game week 34. So they all kind of have a punt to take in game week 33, and they're all. You know, looking for someone. So, do you want to like shout some puns for this week, and then then we'll move on? Yeah, I mean, I think from a defense standpoint, I would back Leicester to keep it clean the most because they get to play Huddersfield. Um, I mean, no people are talking about like relegation bounce. I don't even know what that is, but relegation I think bounce. <laughs> yeah, like That's they're relegated. So they, I don't know. I saw some people, <laughs> but Huddersfield are just not a team. So even though it's an away game and Leicester's defense is far from it. I think that's probably my favorite clean sheet shout this weekend, above Chelsea even. Um, from a midfield standpoint, I mean, I think it's like if, I, pretty much everyone has three Liverpool, right? So, I mean, that's no, yeah. nor is that a punt, but you know, that's you can always do worse than getting like Mane if you don't have him or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hazards obviously comes into your thinking. I wouldn't risk a punt on Arsenal midfielder because I don't know who's going to start. Um, I like still like Almiron. I feel like, yeah, he, I still we, like him a lot. we might. I think we might get done to nil again. I'm not sure we're going to have much in the tank for that one on Saturday at all. I mean, this is going to be the third game in a week, and you know we don't rotate. And the last time we had our third game in a week, the last time I think it was, it was a double so or something, bad. it was, yeah, it was very it was... bad. So I, I think we'll get done up there. Um, and then, I mean, I guess a Leicester midfielder, you could always go like Maddo or Barnes, Fraze. I, what do you, I mean, I'm just kind of throwing all the names out. What do you? There's yeah, no one I, mean, I, I like, think there's love. A, I think there are some interesting punts. I mean, I think... I think Wilf isn't there. He's, you know, he was hurt. He was good before he got hurt. He came back to assist in the double. I think Leicester have, are just chock full of good punts. I mean, they, like you mentioned, have Huddersfield who are diabolical and they, Tielemans is just returning every fucking week. Like, he's not, I would still rather have Maddo because Maddo just is creating like four and a half chances per game in the last six or something like that. When I looked it up, but 
Telemans is obviously class, and he's showing that, and he's still putting up decent numbers. So if you if you have a hard on for Telemans, that that's fine with me. But I I do like Maddo and Barnes and Vardy all in there. I like Rondon in there. Um, I even like like way more rogue would be like an Everton player. I mean, Arsenal are good, but Everton have been they're playing their best football of the season right now. Like this is sort of out of nowhere, but they've been they just beat Chelsea two 0 They just completely destroyed West Ham. They're actually in a bit of form. And someone that I was I was talking uh, I can't remember who I was talking to on Slack was about DCL, and he's just been like. <clears throat> kind of the main man in this turnaround of form. He has, you know, three returns in his last five. Is you know, I blanked home Liverpool, whatever. But DCL and Siggy, I think, are reasonable for a one-week punt. I mean, Everton are good. Arsenal's defense is not that good, especially away. So I think there could be goals there. Sounds good. Okay, cool. I think we basically talked about as much as we could talk about. Yeah, let's let's roll. Let's yeah, go to next we gotta, whatever. We gotta roll. Also, captains. Um, so, who are you on, or what are you looking I'm going at? On, I'm going on. I'm going on Callum for cap this week. Um, Callum. Yeah, yeah, I have no faith in Liverpool midfielders. Who's going to score? Who's not going to score? What they're going to look like? It's an away yeah. game. I know it is a, a Mane homecoming, and he, he usually does play well there from what I can remember. Um, but he was back to bad Mane last game, and I'm not going to chase that into an away game. He's been overperforming his stats for a long time. Happy to own him. Yeah. Happy for this to be his farewell game. I won't own him again for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, Mo, I'm, again, I'm seeing people capturing Mo, which I'm loving. I think that I don't know how that's still a thing. Um, Hazard, I think, is way too punty. So it's really just kind of down to lack of options. I do like Vardy as a captaincy shout. I don't own him. Um, again, because he gets to play Huddersfield. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of a process of elimination one for me. And yeah, it's a, it's a tough captain week. I think the majority of people are going to be on Haz. Yeah, I'm, I mean, whatever. I, I, again, it's his XG has been terrible and I don't know what they're going to do this weekend or whatever, but. Callum had a sitter that he fucked up last game. I mean, he's still good to me. And Howe's got a little bit of time for them to figure it out. And I think that home Burnley is going to be a pretty good game for them where they're going to be bossing possession a lot. Burnley are still probably going to try and come out to get three points a little bit. It's just just one of those. I don't know. I don't have yeah. two strong feels. I, obviously, I'm not going to captain Sal. He's playing my team. Um, I do think Robbo is is a shout. I do. I did think about him, but I just can't. I yeah. just can't wrap my head around captaining even a defender on a team like Liverpool in an away game. I just, even for me is is a little too yeah. much. And so I mean, I think Callum's just a reasonable pick. I mean, if he got me like eight points, I'd be thrilled. I mean, that that's really if he got me like a return and a couple baps or something, or even if he got me like five or six, I would be happy. Like just give me something to get my get my toe over the line and. With not taking a hit and the rest of my team in good shape, I think that should get me a give me a put me in a good position. What are yeah, you looking at? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that I might end up just like my punt being a transfer. Like if I end up do moving Pogba for someone for you know more of a long term guy, may, hopefully. Well, there's no there's no fucking Arsenal midfielders to get, so I don't even know, but. Maybe I'll get like Locker. Maybe I'll I'll bring in a midfielder I like and and go sort of rogue or something like that. Or maybe I'll get Vardy. I do like the Vardy cap too. If I don't end up doing all of that, I really 
have no other option than than Mo, so I'll probably just be on Mo. Yeah, you, it depends if I use my transfer or not. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have Raz and Kuhn and Paul. You have to you have to yeah, figure that, out. That's my bench. Yeah, right you have now. to figure out what you're doing with them. Yeah, I mean, I should probably keep Kuhn and Raz. I mean, they still are the best team. They're the best attack, and they still double. If Kuhn's fit, they should both start both of those also. So there's a lot of ifs there. I just said a lot of ifs, which usually goes poorly for me, but. They're way better than Paul. So Paul is, to me, of those three, is the obvious transfer. And if I made that move, then I would just bench like fucking Circus Charlie Daniels and and be happier about my life. But um, who to get for that spot? I'm not sure. Like if Ozil was nailed or something, it would be the fucking easiest transfer of my life there. But... There's not really. We mentioned the two teams who play this week and double in 35. It's Arsenal and Southampton. It's like, well, I'm not going to get a Southampton player who plays Liverpool, and there's no Arsenal midfielders that are remotely nailed. So yeah, I mean, you might as they both feel you, you might as well save. Yeah. So if I'm going to save, I really don't have a better option than Captain Salah. I mean, Rondon home Palace, like a defender on Liverpool away. Mm, probably not. So, I don't know. Okay. It is what it is. I'm just happy to have 11 guys, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That's the best yeah. thing. All right, so let me slap at... Oh, wait, transfers. Uh, are you going to do any moves? I just Yeah, I mean, I'm free hitting, so I have a free transfer to burn. I'm going to prop... My, my weakest spot is definitely heat, and I think I'm going to do heat into Schmeichel is what I'm looking at. What do you mean you're free hitting? Like, I have a... My transfer is just worthless. Like, I could light it oh, on yeah, fire. Oh, yeah, because I'm yeah. next week. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm probably so, going to do heat into Schmeichel. Um my outfield is just fine. Like I can't really make an appreciable upgrade. I think the the worst yeah. spot on my in my eleven is Heaton at Bournemouth. I just don't see a clean there. Um, so that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. sounds Seems fine. fine. What about I mean, your? You, we talked about your transfer. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Either Paul or yeah. Save probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, what do you make? We didn't talk about Kuhn at all, but just really quick, like, what do you make of that whole situation? Because, I mean, it's. Not even an assumption at this point. We pretty much know stone cold that Pep is not going to give us a fucking single thing about his actual health and nothing that I choose to believe anyway. So, I mean, is it, it's possible that he's just fucked and he's just going to miss like the next three? Like, that wouldn't be surprising. And it's possible he starts in the FA Cup. I have no idea I mean, what to yeah. make of that. I mean, you're in a more difficult position there because we're, I mean, we're going to know based on if he starts or not in the FA Cup. So, that's. Yeah. All, I don't obviously care what Pep's bald lying face says to us or to the media. You, because I could do Coom to Hobbs or Laka. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's like an insane thing at all based on the rest of the players on your team, but it, putting yourself down to one city player without a defender, it's like, what, where are you going? Exactly. What? So That's I, not really yeah, a plan. I would probably not ship Coom out if I were you. Yeah. God damn it, I just wish we knew so yeah, badly. Yeah. Life. All right, let me slap asses. We got a few new Patreon signups this week. New patron friends to slap their anus. Michael Winder or Winder. This guy's name is just so Scandinavian. I can't even. Newt Moin Salo. I have no idea how to pronounce the letter that's an A and an E combined. And I still don't know how to pronounce the O with a slash through it, so I, I don't even know how to say your name, but I love you. 
And a uh, huge supporter of the pod, new sign-up, Giovanni Benavides. Giovanni Benavides. Um, Giovanni's a big-time yeah. supporter of the pod, I heard. Yeah, he he's yeah. been he's been around since day thank, one. Yeah. Honestly, just a huge. I mean, huge thank fan Giovanni. Of the pod, thank so. you for your continued support. We appreciate the kind words you always send to us, um, and we're glad that we yep. brighten your weeks with our hour of banter. You're welcome. Exactly. Yep. Shout out to a huge shout out for that. Uh, any last words? No, let's get out of here. Check us out at fmlfbl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlfbl. Support the Patreon. I can slash fmlfbl. Subscribe and give it to you.